0: You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game.
1: 1037
0: Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Good
1: afternoon, Acadiana. Welcome to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 in Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station, Matt Miguez, James Mesh, massive show for you today. We are coming to you live from La Latriong Golf and Country Club for the Chittimacha Louisiana Open presented by Mistras. James Mesh, the producer extraordinaire, is all alone in studio. James, good
2: afternoon, bud. How are you? I'm doing all right, Matt. How are you yourself over there? It's bright and sunny from what I'm seeing. It's bright. It's a beautiful afternoon. I will
1: say that. However, it's a little warm. It's a little warmer than I was expecting. But uh, you know, no no complaints here. Like I said, big show today. LSU baseball getting a big win over Tulane last night at the box. McNeese got a big win over Columbia. LSU softball with a win as well. We're gonna give you some live updates on Raging Cajun softball as they're hosting a doubleheader against Texas. James Mesh and I will finish our NCAA tournament bracket, and who knows, we might be able to talk about a Deshaun Watson trade at some point within the next two hours. We'll start with LSU baseball. Like I said, played at the box last night against Tulane, the number 4 Tigers defeating Tulane 7-5. Eric Reiselman getting the win, and Devin Fontenot coming in to get the save for the Tigers. This was a game that really didn't get solidified until late. Uh, it was the eighth inning. The Tigers were leading 6-5 to five with one out, and Tulane had a runner on third. And there was a pop fly to right field to Giovanni Giacomo. He makes the catch. The runner from third tags. Giacomo makes a beautiful throw to the plate. Hayden Trevinsky tags out the runner at the plate for the double play. LSU ends up scoring a run of their own in the bottom of the ninth. I mean, in the bottom of the eighth. Excuse me, to seal the deal, seven to five. We talked about Eric Reiselman. It was kind of a bullpen night for the Tigers. They used seven pitchers in total. Reiselman will get the win though. Two and a third, no hits, only one walk, six strikeouts, in 21 pitches, 33 pitches. Excuse me. You also saw. Devin Fontenot get the save. He closed the door with one and two-thirds. One hit, one walk, one strikeout. His ERA on the year down to a 2.70. Hitting statistics for the Tigers. it, It was a strange night because Dylan Cruz and Jacob Berry have been the two most consistent guys for the Tigers and they've been doing it through the long ball, through the home runs. LSU had zero home runs last night. Trey Morgan was the key contributor at the plate, two hits, three RBIs for the first baseman. De Giacomo as well, two two for 4 at the plate. This was a good tune-up game for the Tigers before moving on to SEC play. They're going to play Texas A&M this weekend. LSU softball 11 to 2 over Southeastern Louisiana last night at Tiger Park. It was a final in 5 innings. LSU four hits on 11 runs on 8 hits, no errors. Southeastern two runs on four hits with one error. James, this game was 11 to nothing in the 4th inning in favor of the Tigers. There has to come a point. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I don't pay attention to softball too much. But in the third inning, if it's like eight nothing,
2: it kind of feels like the soft the softball team that's winning by eight, they've kind of got it secured at that point.
1: Right. Like you, you should. There should probably be like a another an additional mercy rule where it's like, okay, you know, we 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 can go home now. That that's it.
2: I mean, the thing is, they they already shortened the game to seven innings, whereas baseball has nine, and the run rule is at five, so I, I think five is a fair number. That way, we don't stop at a wee Sports amount of innings with three, you know what I mean? Right, right. Be, Bailey... be, a, be able to at least play somewhat of a game instead of leaving after an hour, because you want to get your money's worth and not have to leave after 60 minutes of just softball.
1: Yeah, I mean, Southeastern didn't put their two runs on the board till the fifth inning. The inning that the game was called. Uh, Bailey Brandon had a had a great game. She hit a single in the second to score the first run and then came up in the third to hit a three-run home run and then hit an RBI double in the fourth. So she was just a triple away from the cycle. Uh, Taylor Pleasants had another great game as usual. She hit a home run to right field, a two-run bomb. And pitching for the Tigers Chafin Raylan was the winner. She pitched four complete, two hits, four strikeouts, and then Taylor Edwards came in, one inning, two hits, two runs. LSU, this was, this was a good win for them as well because you, you just came off of the two out of three against Alabama where you really should have swept them. I, th- I think the third game it was a two-to-one win for Alabama and now you know you've got a weekend series with a good Texas team the team that the Cajuns are are playing this afternoon you got to find a way to string together some wins though because SEC play is coming and with Alabama, Florida, you know Tennessee's always pretty decent the SEC's not going to be a walk in the park in terms of softball so that's going to be that's going to be something to pay attention to as we get into the stretch. Like I said, LSU baseball again at the box this weekend: six thirty on Friday, six o'clock on Saturday, and two o'clock on Sunday. We will bring you the action live right here on 103.7 The game in the third segment at four thirty. We are going to bring on Andrew Juge of the Saints Happy Hour podcast. We're going to get his thoughts on the Deshaun Watson situation. We're going to ask him about Marcus May and why that's an important move for the Saints. Teron Armstead is now a free agent with the start of the new league year. We'll talk about that as well and where the Saints can fill that hole. And then James' favorite segment is when we're going to finish the NCAA tournament bracket. James, how are you feeling about that?
2: I'm ready to get it done, especially since the tournament is about to start. We got the final, final few games to figure out who's going to actually play tonight, and then we're going to start it up soon. Yeah, we're gonna you,
1: you got you got Wright State and Bryant, two schools that, that you asked you didn't even know
2: who existed. Nope, never heard of, any of those teams before. So it's definitely interesting to finally get these over with.
1: And then in the five thirty segment, we're going to have Apollo Dez come on. He is a Houston Astros or Houston sports. Personality. We're going to ask him about the Astros. Do they re sign Carlos Correa or do they bring up Jeremy Pena, a guy who a lot of Astros fans feel is the next replacement at the shortstop position? Uh, also, at some point in the show, we will break down the Pelicans' loss to the Phoenix Suns last night, 131 to 115. You know, this was a game Devin Booker scores 27. Phoenix, I think I read, hit 18 three pointers. I mean, that's just absolutely unreal numbers. Uh, Phoenix scoring 30-plus points in each quarter of the contest. The Pelicans, you know, it's it's a double-edged sword right now for them because they're so close to having all the pieces together to make a consistent playoff run, but they just need Zion Williamson to come back healthy. But... With 13 games left in the regular season, is there really a point in bringing them back now? I don't think so. James, what do you think?
2: I've been saying, I ultimately don't think, you're not going to go far in, let's say you do make it, and let's say you do play in the playing tournament, let's say you do end up getting the eight seed, you're going to play a 7 game series against Phoenix. We just saw what happened last night, even without Zion, I don't know if Zion is going to be able to get them the four wins that they need, especially I I understand we, I I heard him earlier on Jordy's show. We heard Ali Cassell talking about it. And he said that Zion's itching to get on the court, but I ultimately, I don't want to sound conservative, but I don't want to risk him breaking something or tearing right. something in the final 10, 15 games of the season when it's not like you're going to make a deep playoff run. Anyway, this I've I've been using this season with the first year with Willie Green as a this is this is a basis year. This is a foundation year and build upon it and by building upon it, you get people in the off season, you get Zion more acclimated to his system and then you start the next season, the 20 you start the 2022 season, 2023 like on a fresh note instead of trying to quote-unquote maybe rush him back and maybe ruining something even though I know he is progressing. I'd, I'd rather just... I'm not worried about trying to make the finals. I'm worried about just trying to build something and have next year be more of a push.
1: Yeah. No no question about it. Um, it, it again, this is, this is not the year where you need to worry about a big playoff run you need to take Willie Green first year head coach and CJ McCollum who you might even try to negotiate a new deal with this off season and you need to prepare for next year uh that that's definitely the move that the Saints need to I mean the Pelicans need to make and I think that's the move that they're looking to make at this point I mean 28 and 41 you're hanging on to the 10th spot by a thread they might not even make the play in tournament at this point I just, if you can make the play in tournament and, and maybe push into a playoff spot, you know, that's fine. But you need to do it with the group that you have out there now and not putting Zion Williamson at risk this late in the year. The new NFL year starting today, this is where it gets tricky for a lot of teams, especially the New Orleans Saints. If they don't make a trade for Deshaun Watson, The contract of Jameis Winston is now void. Teron Armstead as well. $15.9 million in dead money now applied to the 2022 cap. The Saints were really hoping to hear something from Deshaun Watson before 3 o'clock. However, his meeting with the Atlanta Falcons ran long, and now it's anybody's guess. Uh, But we'll, we'll talk about that with Andrew Juge in the 4.30 segment. We're going to take timeout number one here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, and when we come back we're going to talk McNeese baseball and softball. Don't go anywhere. This is the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 in Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. <laughs>
0: from the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back Back to to more Crunch Crunch Time Time. with Miguez and Mesh here on The the game. Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
2: Take a shot on some college hoops this March Madness with a risk-free bet on FanDuel Sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account. All customers, that's right, all customers get a risk-free bet on the bracket. Just sign into the FanDuel Sportsbook app to claim yours today. If you're new to FanDuel, sign in with promo code KLWB to get in on the action. Then you can bet on that underdog you've always had your eye on or just go with your favorite. Either way, it's risk-free. Right now with that new interim coach, I got to believe that LSU can't make a surprising push. I believe they'll get at least past Iowa State, but I don't believe they'll make it past the second round. And with cash out, the ball's in your court so you can close out your bet whenever you want before the game ends. There's no better place to bet on the tournament than FanDuel Sportsbook. Join now with promo code KLWB, or if you already have an account, sign into the FanDuel Sportsbook app to claim your risk-free bet. You must be 21 or older and present in permitted parishes only in Louisiana. Refund issue is non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 7 days. Max refund is $5. Offer is non-transferable. Restrictions do apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, Call 1-877-770-STOP.
1: Thank you, James Mesh. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 103-7 yet. 104-1 in Lake Charles. Speaking of Lake Charles, let's talk some McNeese Cowboys now. Getting a win over the Columbia Lions last night at Joe Miller Ballpark. Final score of 7-2. McNeese getting those 7 runs on 11 hits. Columbia getting 2 runs on 8 hits. McNeese scored Two in the third, three in the third, three in the second, and two in the fifth. And former Ragin' Cajun and Lake Charles product Chance Stone getting the win. Five innings, one hit, only two walks, and he struck out eight in sixty-four pitches. McNeese used five pitchers last night, which in a in a weeknight game that that's kind of to be expected because you know you have your weekend rotation. But the weeknight opportunity is a chance for you to, you to plug and play some different arms and see which one, you know, kind of solidifies their spot going into conference. And, you know, sometimes bullpen games can get complicated. And uh, Coach Justin Hill was, was asked about how, how to conquer a bullpen game.
3: Well, we kind of knew that the the Southern game was going to be a little bit of a bullpen game. We kind of knew that coming in. You know, I think good start. On both sides, the ball is critically important and trying to get a lead as quickly as important as as quickly as you can is really important. If you're going to try to bullpen a game because you know, how how you deploy your resources that you have, um, and those guys out of the bullpen kind of changes, you know, Hey, I know this guy's going to throw, but maybe he needs to throw in this inning, you know, versus keeping the lead versus keeping it close. So yeah, I I do think that that could certainly be us. I think we've got some guys that are really effective first time, first time out, one time through the order. You know, we're starting, we're learning a whole lot about our, our our team and it's. And a lot of good things, uh, especially pitching staff-wise. I'm excited for this week. I think some guys that haven't pitched that have been kind of chomping at the bit, been working, they're going to get a chance to go do it. And it's one of those, like, hey, man, I'm, I got to have you. Let's go. We got to have you. Uh, and so I'm excited to see those guys and, and uh, kind of see where we go from that. Since that Southern game, and with last night's win in the last two
1: weeks, McNeese is 4-5 with two losses to Louisiana Tech – one loss to LSU, and then they only took one out of three at home this past weekend against Cal State Northridge. And looking at a lot of the losses, 6-4, 9-6, 6-3, and then 11-3, and then 21-5 against Louisiana Tech, outside of those two games against Tech, their losses were close, and a lot of those games, especially the LSU one, they were in it. They were in it late. And it just kind of seems like Justin Hill's squad is kind of struggling to get out of their own way, self-inflicted mistakes. Coach Hill was asked about that as well.
3: There's a fine line between being patient and stubborn, you know, or hard-headed with a, with a lineup. Again, you, you've got guys that have done things in the past, and, you know, hey, baseball happens. Sometimes you, you, you hit it at people. Sometimes you have some struggles. And, but you also have to do right by the guys who've worked their tails off and have, have, have shown the ability to produce. So uh, injuries sometimes give guys opportunities. So the Cowboys
1: are now 10-7 and 7 tonight at Joe Miller Ballpark, 6 o'clock first pitch. They will take on... The Louisiana Raging Cajuns. This is always a fun matchup for both the Cajuns and the Cowboys. Uh, The late, great Tony Robichaud spent 25 years with the Cajuns. But before that, he spent a lot of time with McNeese. And so that's always a a fun matchup for, for the two fan bases. Their schedule doesn't get much easier, though, after that. Eastern Illinois, and then you open up conference with a three-game stretch at home with Houston Baptist. Houston Baptist being coached by Astros Hall of Famer Lance Berkman. From now until Easter, you go further down their schedule, you got Nichols, UNO, UL again, Incarnate Word. The Southland Conference has plenty of baseball talent coming down the pipeline, and uh, Justin Hill talked about their complicated schedule from now until Easter.
3: Yeah, I, I think it would change probably changes a lot. You, you try to get your double midweek games out before conference play if you can, because the way that, you know, all schedules are set up, you're going to have to play uh, either a double midweek or doubleheader in, in the non-conference play to get your 56 in. Uh, and with us moving the uh, postseason up an extra week, we, we kind of had to shorten a few things as well. So we, we've had a the four games on a weekend, then a midweek, and then we had a you know double midweek. And then actually after Easter, we have a double midweek. It's just a little un, uncommon uh, double midweek because we'll play on Monday, be off on Tuesday. That's uh, the weekend before Easter is Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We'll be off Sunday, then we'll play on Monday. So,
1: Yeah, the, the Easter schedule kind of gets complicated because usually a weekend series is a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but due to it being Easter Sunday, they play Thursday, Friday, Saturday so that players can spend time with their families. Once again, Cajuns and Cowboys, 6 o'clock first pitch from Lake Chuck. McNeese Softball, 10-12 on the year. They are on a four-game losing skid. If you look at their schedule, though, they've played the number one team in the country, Oklahoma, twice. They've played Texas already, Louisiana Tech as well, and the Cajuns. They've got Southern tonight at Joe Miller Field at Cowgirl Diamond. Again, four-game losing streak for the Cowgirls. Three of those coming against Boise State, and the other being against the Cajuns last week. You talked to Coach Landrino this week, and the team, surprisingly, after even though coming off of four losses, they're still feeling pretty confident. And Coach Landrino's message to, you know, the McNeese fan base is that they aren't quitters. Here's what she had to say.
4: That locker room's not a quitter, and I'm not a quitter. That's one thing you count on. We don't quit, and we're going to play hard, and we we can't tell you how the season's going to go, but I'll tell you this. We're going to show up, and we're going to compete our ass off. That is for sure, and that locker room believes they're going to win. And, uh, you, you know, you, what you don't want to get into in life in general is a comparison because when you start to compare things that sometimes you get content, just think it's going to happen down the road or you, you try to say, oh, we're not that good because this doesn't happened." But what's, what we're going through right now is what we're going through and what this team has gone through. How we overcome it will be how this team overcomes it. Uh, you know, Uh, But, you know, playing the tough schedules, it's just what we're going to do. And we, there's games we should have won.
1: Yeah, you know, Coach Landrino, he mentioned – their their four losses, if you look at the scores, 5-3, 4-1, 7-4, and then 4-1 again, their games that they were in late and kind of just let get away from them. And he was asked again, talking about how they can't give opponents free passes.
4: Well, one one thing you can't do is give free passes away right after you get a 4 point lead. You know, you got to come in and attack somebody and make them earn it. And you know, we made a couple, a walk and an error and we let them back in and, and that team could hit. Yeah. You know, it's where, where's the focus go? You know, how, how we're up in, in 02 counts. The next thing you know, we give up a two out RBI, how, how we have a two, making two out errors, you know, how, how we're in, in control. And then all of a sudden things come apart. It, it's been the kind of story of the season. It's been big innings. You know, you, you go and you, you put up a four spot and you give up three. And it happened against Alton. You know, you go and you put up for it and you give up for it. And it's just uh, that that is a frustration. I know the players are are frustrated with it.
1: Before we go to break, I want to take time to thank our sponsors here for our live shows at the Chittimacha Louisiana Open. Tibbs Trailers. If you were thinking trailers, think Tibbs Trailers. Whether you tug it, tow it, or transport it, Tibbs Trailers can help you out. They're your headquarters for enclosed, flatbeds, or hydraulic trailers. Between Scott and Dusan, you won't find a better selection than Tibbs trailers. We'll take a timeout right here on Crunch Time. When we come back, Andrew Juge of the Saints Happy Hour podcast will join us. Still no Deshaun Watson news. Go answer our poll question, where do you think Deshaun Watson's going to land? This is Crunch Time with Migas and Mesh on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: Had a rough day at work. Got lady problems. Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
2: Make sure to tune in all week as RP3 Company, Footnotes, and our new show, Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, will be broadcasting live from Le Triomphe Golf and Country Club for the Chinamacha, Louisiana Open. Our live and local coverage is presented by Tips Trailers, Ropes Open Dope, Cigar Merchant. And the Golf Connection USA, and Enigma Heard, right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
1: Look at James Mesh putting the le, putting the Cajun French to lottery off. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. It's now time to talk black and gold. Andrew Juge of the Saints Happy Hour Podcast. Joins us
5: on the game hotline, Andrew. Good afternoon, man. How are you, man? I'm good. You know, it's been uh, it's been quite a few days uh, for Saints, and I know the Saints fans in particular. They're they're refreshing their Twitter timelines every 30 seconds. It feels like, but uh, we're waiting on news just like everybody else for Deshaun Watson. It looks like it, or I'm, I'm sorry, yeah, and it, it look it, it looks like it could potentially go into tomorrow. Uh, so uh, it looks like. Saints are right in there some people think that maybe the Falcons have the upper hand at this point uh, but we're just waiting to see what happens
1: yeah the the Twitter refresh is, is definitely true I know mine's been been refreshing every every thirty seconds to a minute the one so his meeting with Atlanta from from all accounts went well however I saw multiple sources state that although Atlanta put the best trade package together, Deshaun Watson still wants to play for the Saints. What can you say about that?
5: Well, I think at this point, uh, you know, there are really, in my opinion, there are no reasons to favor Atlanta over really any of the teams in the mix when it comes to football, Uh, when it comes to on the field. And so if he's seriously considering Atlanta, it's because he's from there. It's because he used to be a ball boy for the team. You know, there's a sentimental, there's a nostalgic, there's a maybe a safety thing being closer to home. There's some reason beyond football that would be appealing to him going to Atlanta. If, if that's the decision that he makes, I think ultimately that's stuff to compete with, right? Because that, that, that goes beyond what's on the field, I think. And that's, that's the rub. I think that's, that's what he's wrestling with. I think that's why – reports are confused about who has the upper hand here. I think from a football standpoint, the Saints are clearly uh, a more attractive option, just in terms of where the franchise is right now, uh, what kind of assets they would be able to put around him with Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. Uh, Atlanta is, is marred in a contract situation with Matt Ryan that they can't really get out of right now. And uh, from a talent perspective, they have Kyle Pitts, they have Yenwei Ku, a good kicker, and they have Grady Jarrett. But outside of that, you're talking about a team that doesn't really have a good secondary, doesn't have a pass rush, can't really run the football, doesn't have a good offensive line, and lost their top three receivers in Julio Jones, Russell Gage, and Calvin Ridley over the course of the last couple of seasons. So, uh, look, I, I think it's, it's a passion play if he goes to Atlanta. And uh, right now, those are the two teams that appear to be firmly entrenched in the mix, and I would say it's a coin flip at this point uh, between which one he goes to, and I think it's down to those two franchises.
1: Now, say hypothetically Deshaun Watson does not join the Saints. With the new league year starting at 3 o'clock this afternoon, the contracts of Teron Armstead and Jameis Winston are now void. Is Would the game plan be to still re-sign Jameis if Deshaun Watson
5: picks the Falcons? Yeah, I think, well, listen, their their cap hits were assumed to happen anyway. Uh, and so, really, you could get out of... You could extend them before the new league year to push that into the future if you wanted. Uh, but that's the way those deals are structured. And so, if you decide to get out of it now, that, that that's an option. And that doesn't prevent the Saints in any way from retaining those two players. So, uh, look, I, I think... Pursuing Deshaun Watson like this speaks volumes to how the Saints feel about Jameis Winston. If they and, and, you know, look at, if he was a priority, they would be moving they, they they would have made an offer by now and I think they would have probably gotten his services by now because Jameis Winston doesn't have a job elsewhere. So uh, you know, I, I it remains to be seen. Look with Teron Armstead I think it's unfortunate in the sense that he will cost them twelve million dollars off the team this year if he signs with someone else. And if they had extended him, if they had given him a new contract, he would have been cheaper to, to the team on it than he would have been off of it. So uh, they still have an opportunity to bring him back. That does not mean that they, they lose out on Teron Armstead. Although at this point, I think he's waiting like everyone else to make a decision. And I think absolutely the other domino here with Jameis Winston is what happens with Deshaun Watson. I think a, a, lot, of, a lot of things are blocked in the NFL right now waiting for this decision And there's a lot of quarterback dominoes that will fall in short succession. Uh, But, look, assuming he doesn't join the Saints, I do think uh, I would say that Jimmy Garoppolo is a player that you have to watch in New Orleans. And I think Jameis Winston, it's hard to say at this point which one of the two the Saints would prefer, uh, but they're in the mix. But uh, as I mentioned before, I think their interest in Deshaun Watson makes it clear they're willing to risk losing Winston.
1: Chatting with Andrew Juge of the Saints Happy Hour podcast. Andrew, you lose Marcus Williams to the Baltimore Ravens, a five year, $70 million deal that kind of reset the, the safety market this offseason. But the Saints acted fairly quickly, signing Marcus May, formerly of the New York Jets, to a three year, $28.5 million deal with $15 million guaranteed. What can you tell me about Marcus May? What does he bring to the Saints' secondary?
5: Yeah, it's a good signing. Look, I, I think it's about as good of a replacement as you could get. Uh, there's a reality that Marcus Williams, in my opinion, is a better player. Uh, he's He's got more range. He's more of a ball hawk. He's got more ball skills. Uh, interestingly, these guys both came in the same draft. Marcus May was picked three picks before out of Florida. He was picked three picks before by the Jets at 39th overall. Marcus Williams out of Utah was then picked 42nd overall, three picks later by the Saints. So these guys came in the same draft class. Uh, they're, they're slightly different players in the sense that, you know, as I mentioned, Marcus Williams, we know he's a ball hawk. He has an incredible range as a high safety. Almost 90% of his snaps with the Saints were played as a high safety. Uh, interestingly, Marcus May with the Jets, he's kind of moved around a little bit more. Less than 50% of his snaps were played at a high safety, free safety role. And they kind of move him around. So he has some slot ability. He has the ability to get closer to the line of scrimmage. So with him, you have a guy that's maybe a little bit more physical, a guy that's not afraid uh, of contact. And he's a guy that maybe is a little bit more uh, of you a know, run stuff where he can make plays in the backfield, uh, maybe better instincts closer to the line of scrimmage. So these are, he, I think he affords the Saints maybe a little bit more of a chess piece in the sense that they can move him around gives them a little bit more flexibility. Uh, But there's no question that Marcus Williams is one of the best free safeties in the league. And, look, I think all things being considered, the thing you have to be concerned about with Marcus May is two things. Number one, he's coming off an Achilles injury uh, that ended his year, a torn Achilles. And it happened early in the season, so they expect to have him ready for training camp. Uh, But we know that's an injury that can be tough to come back from. So we'll have to wait and see how he progresses. Uh, and secondly, while he had that injury, uh, he was arrested and booked for a DUI. Uh, and so he is potentially facing a suspension depending on how that charge plays out. Uh, and so, look, you throw three years and $30 and it, it's $28.5 million actually, and it's a good deal less, about $4.5 million less per year than what Marcus Williams has. Uh, but when you look at those two potential factors, I think that's something to be a little bit concerned about with this contract.
1: Now, you, you know you mentioned you mentioned the DUI for, for Marcus May. Talk about you know Deshaun Watson's situation as well as Alvin Kamara's situation. If the Saints end up acquiring Deshaun Watson, what do you think the possibility is that your, your two superstars on offense are suspended to begin the season?
5: I've been told that the Saints are bracing and expecting a suspension for Kamara. Uh, of anywhere from four to six games, uh, given what he's going through legally right now. So, uh, we'll see how this all plays out. And look, it's possible that the charges are dropped, and Camara uh, ends up not having uh, any sort of legal ramifications, at which point he would not be suspended. So, But the Saints are prepared for that, and they're bracing for that, and I do think from a running back, they do have Mark Ingram in the building, but I do think they need to prioritize having someone that can step in while Kamara is not there. So, that's going to be, I think, an off-season priority. Uh, look with the Watson, your your guess is as good as anybody's. Honestly, I think we're all kind of waiting to see how these civil suits go. Certainly, the uh, the case being thrown out and charges dismissed at the criminal level, I think that's that's a big step forward in terms of Watson being able to escape kind of a suspension or, or, or legal issues. But there's still the civil case. There's still a suspension that could be looming. Uh, but it's just un- uh, it's all kind of up in the air and uncertain at this point. I think if you're being smart, any team that acquires Watson has to expect that there's a good chance he will get suspended, and it could be anywhere from eight games to to maybe more. But so you're really not, in my opinion, you're really not signing him to necessarily compete in year one. And it would be a situation where this is a long-term play. You're investing in a guy that maybe you believe is going to be your quarterback for the next 10 years. So I think that's the situation with Watson. And and look, yeah, I think obviously May may be suspended too. Look, it's a 17-game season, be it through suspension or injuries. You win games by building out your depth, uh, and and that's nothing different. But it's tough, and we saw that with David Onyemata this past year and then Deontay Hardy later in the season uh, when his suspension finally came for the DUI. It's really tough when you lose these players, and uh, guys need to step up.
1: Chatting with Andrew Juge of the Saints Happy Hour Podcast. Andrew, I've got time for two more questions. Question number one if you're Mickey Loomis, well let's play a let's play a hypothetical game here. If you're the GM of the Saints, obviously the trade offer that was sent into the Texans has already been approved. That's the only way that the Saints were able to meet with Deshaun Watson. What would you be giving up to acquire a guy like Deshaun Watson?
5: Well, uh, what I've been told is that the Saints have offered three first-round picks, two two third-round picks, and Caesar Ruiz. So uh, that's what's on the table right now from the Saints. I've been told that Atlanta's offering a little bit more. It really doesn't matter as long as the Texans deem the offer acceptable. It, it's not like the highest bidder gets the player because right. Deshaun Watson has a no-trade clause. So Deshaun Watson actually gets the pick. The Texans present to him the trade that they deem acceptable and then he gets to pick his team so it's an interesting scenario in the sense that if they deem it acceptable and it's a little bit less of an offer that team may still win if that's the team that Watson picks but that that's what I've been told the Saints have offered um look I, I think with Ruiz you have a guy that they drafted maybe to be a center and then moved to guard and that really hasn't worked out and with the way Eric McCoy plays at center they don't really have a spot for him there so Maybe a fresh start where he gets to play his original center position uh, would be a good situation for Ruiz. Uh, He certainly hasn't been very successful with the Saints. And, And look, the draft capital is significant. It's a lot, especially when you consider that the Saints have struggled to stay under the cap for a number of years now. And so the way they have stayed competitive, despite not being super active in free agency, has been to retain their own talent and draft really well. That's been their strategy. So when you don't have draft picks, uh, it becomes more difficult. Hopefully having an elite quarterback would mitigate that a little bit. But look, it's it's a reality. So I think that's a major haul and it's, it's one of those things where you just hope having an elite quarterback compensates for it.
1: One last question for you, Andrew. With the NFL draft being about a month away, where should the Saints go with their first-round draft pick if they hold on
5: to it? Well, first of all, if you can get an elite quarterback, I think philosophically you have to go do it. So, you know, not not counting the off-the-field stuff. Now, if you count the off-the-field off stuff, you know, obviously it's pretty significant with Watson, and you have a determination to make. And ultimately, you'll be held accountable to that decision, and we will see how it plays out. Uh, but let's, let's say, regardless, I would say, of whether Watson is acquired or not, there is a reality that the Saints have to have an offensive overhaul. And so... To me, it really doesn't matter if it's quarterback, receiver, running back, tight end, offensive line. Uh, The Saints were one of the worst in the league last year and and really kind of devoid of talent at at all positions. And and so I I really don't think it matters. They just need to get the best offensive player. This offseason has to be about an overhaul on the offensive side of the ball to complement what has been an elite defense over the past few years. So uh, that's where I would go at. I I tend to think receiver just in the sense that, to me, that's the position of the greatest need. But this draft is incredibly deep at that position. And I believe, whether it's the second, third, maybe even as deep as the fifth round, based on how many good receivers are in this draft, I think you could get a pretty good player that could contribute right away. So uh, I absolutely think you need to come out of this draft with one, if not two receivers. I don't know that you necessarily have to do that with the first round pick, but that's going to need a lot of attention.
1: Andrew Juge of the Saints Happy Hour podcast has been our guest. Andrew, appreciate you taking the time, man. Before you run, tell everybody where they can find your work.
5: I uh, really appreciate it. Yeah, well, we're, we're covering the Saints wall-to-wall right now, so uh, you're going to want to be connected. We cover all breaking news as it happens. We're called the Saints Happy Hour podcast. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're on all forms of social media, uh, and if you'll please consider becoming a patron, we have extra goodies for you and uh, you can visit us on our website at saintshappyhour.com
1: Fantastic work Andrew we appreciate you taking the time man
5: Anytime thank you
1: There he goes Andrew Juge. We're going to take one last time out here in hour number one We're going to come back We're going to thank some sponsors and then we're going to get you to hour number two Men's Tournament Bracket Astros Cajuns Baseball Plenty to talk about This is Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station
0: the guys here in the game dugout love baseball. It was the game that was passed down to them by their fathers. Hey,
4: Dad? You want to have a catch? I'd
0: like that. Not all of them had such heartwarming moments. This guy threw at his own kid in a father son game. Now back to more baseball talk here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
2: The Game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station wants to give you a chance to score the ultimate crawfish boil. Brought to you by Jane j Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, and Cody's Crawfish. You can win two sacks of live crawfish, a pot and a burner. An ice chest, a tumbler, chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, and tickets to an Astros game. So sign up today for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com so you can score the ultimate crawfish ball from J&J Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, Cody's Crawfish in the Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
1: Melodious voice of James Mesh. Welcome back to Crunch Time. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Short segment right here before we wrap up hour number one. I like what Andrew Juge had to say about the trade offer. To the Texans, three firsts, two seconds, and Cesar Ruiz. James Mesh, do you agree? What would you change?
2: I mean, for me, I would totally take that because if you go to my Twitter, I had tweeted last night, here's kind of like what my prediction is on what the Saints would be giving up, and I had said three firsts, two seconds. I tossed in a four just, just in case like they were trying to do a bid war. Which I wasn't sure of at the time, and then I said McCoy and Zach Bond.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and you know they can get into a bid war all they want, but like Andrew said, at the end of the day, it's up to Deshaun Watson because of his no trade clause. As long as the offer is approved by the Texans, he can make his pick. Um, and it, it it all signs point to. The Saints still being the favorite just because of their ability to be able to win now compared to Atlanta. Because like Andrew said, outside of Grady Jarrett and Young Cuckoo, they don't really have a whole lot. And there's turnover with their coaching staff. So I don't know. That's going to be something to look out for over the next you know, 12 to to 24 hours. Before we run into hour number one, I want to thank some more sponsors here at the Chittimacho Louisiana Open Rope Soap and Dope. Acadiana's workplace authority for over 20 years offers supplies for everything you need from industrial safety and janitorial needs. Online you can find them at ropesoapanddope.com or you can visit our showroom on Highway 90 to find out how they can help your business. The Cigar Merchant in the Oil Center they want to remind you that they are Acadiana's premier cigar and pipe tobacco shop, and you're always welcome to light up at the cigar merchant. Golf Connection USA, you can find them at golfconnectionlouisiana.com. The TaylorMade Stealth Driver, which our tour contestant won. You can get a large variety of golf bags and shoes, and they are located at 2009 West Pinhook Road in Lafayette. That's going to do it for hour number one here on Crunch Time with guys, and Mesh. 1037 the game, Lafayette, and 1041 the game in Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game.
1: 1037
0: Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. What's up, Acadiana? Welcome
1: back to our number two of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 in Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We have a poll question Up on our Twitter page, talking about what we've been talking about for the last couple of days. Deshaun Watson, where's he going to land? Is he going to come to the Saints? Is he going to stay home and go back to Atlanta? Is he going to go back to his college roots and go to Carolina? Do the Browns really have a shot? I don't think so. Baker seems to think so because he's written a goodbye letter. So far in our poll question, fifty-one percent of you say the black and gold, eleven percent say the browns, fourteen percent of you say the Falcon say the Panthers, twenty-four percent of you say other other probably most of you mean the Atlanta Falcons. Man About Town chimes in, says, hopefully other. You see, I, I'm gonna put my two cents in on this. I I get that, as that as a fan base and as members of the media, the media backlash or, you know, the backlash from his off-the-field issues could be seen as a problem. But James, we're talking about a franchise quarterback. We're talking about a guy that you could have run your offense for the next 10 to 12 years. And you have to deal with what? Maybe six months of backlash?
2: That's what I'm saying. Like, if, if Deshaun Watson's your quarterback for at least till like, 2035, that's fine by me. If you want to take away six games from him for the first year, I didn't think the Saints would, be, would have a good shot, even if they did get Deshaun and didn't have to worry about Kamara or Deshaun getting suspended. I wasn't totally convinced that they would win the Super Bowl anyway. I would think they would make the playoffs, but I didn't think they would make it to the big chip itself. So I think 2023 is where you really expect things to pop off since the cap space will jump significantly because the last few years has been such a recession because of COVID that it'll finally jump up. And that's when you'll see the Saints really strike. But getting the quarterback now, you can't miss out on this opportunity because let's say he does go to Atlanta. Let's say he does go to Carolina. That's two. You're playing them twice a year. You're gonna you're gonna have to play them twice a year, and you're gonna feel like man, that really could have been us in hindsight, and you're seeing them going to championships and potentially winning Super Bowls and always going to the playoffs. Where you're here now, wearing like hmm, we're still trying to look for that Drew Brees. We're still trying to look for that elite franchise quarterback.
1: Yeah, you you, you got to find a way to replace the production. That Drew Brees was giving you and as much as I enjoy Jameis Winston I just don't think that he is that guy. Phone lines are open for the five o'clock hour other than the segment with Apollo Des at 530. 706 Let's go to that hotline now. Chris
6: joins the show. Welcome Chris what's going on? Hey guys thank you all so much for taking my call. I really needed to call in and voice my opinion on this, the Sean Watson possible trade. Now I've watched his highlights. You know, I watch. I know what the guy can do. But I am look. I've been a Saints fan since 1987. I am extremely concerned with giving up three first round picks and what is it, two second round picks, a starting offensive lineman, and for a guy that could potentially be suspended half the year already to me this is this this decision right here and i and i understand the guy's very talented but to me this decision is going to make or break uh mickey loomis as the gm of this franchise because you know who's going to be the starting quarterback this year if he's out for eight games um who who, who is the guy is Taysom hill going to come in we're not going to do nothing by half the season. So I'm extremely concerned. I want to know what you guys think about this. Um, I think we should go in a different direction and uh, maybe even look at Garoppolo or maybe even just draft a quarterback, um, a high, start, you know, high draft pick. But uh, I do not want this to happen. But thank you all for taking my call anyway. Who that? Appreciate
1: the call, Chris. So here's the thing. And I get your concern. It's a valid concern. Three first-round picks is a hell of a lot of draft capital to give up. And then you're talking two seconds on top of that. But here's my thing. Let's say Deshaun Watson does get an eight-game suspension. You're giving up three years of draft capital for a guy that's going to play for you for ten years. Ten. Just weigh the numbers Even if he sits out half the year this year. Okay, so chalk up 2022. You know, missed the playoffs again. Whatever. But also, you know, Chris Rosegalu of Brute Crew Media was on with Jordy Holtberg earlier today. And he brought up a great point. Taysom Hill hasn't done that bad as a a fill-in. Now... Not that bad is obviously not the goal, but if he could put you, you know, four and four, five and three, when Deshaun Watson comes back, I mean, I don't, I don't see the issue. E- even with him, you know, falling off or or possibly being suspended, you got to look at the long term picture. Three years of draft picks compared to a ten year quarterback. To me, makes perfect sense. And, and I don't think that it makes or breaks Mickey Loomis as a GM. Because who, who are you going to draft? Can he pick it? Matt Corral? Matt Corral's okay, but he doesn't fit the same system. And we have no idea what his longevity is. I'll say this again. I said it yesterday. I'll say it again. Proven talent beats draft capital every day of the week.
2: Not to mention Mickey's already made a name for himself when they got Drew Brees. And yeah. the fact that he's made a name for himself as the cap wizard, the cab guru, whatever you want right. to call him. I mean, foot calls it Loomisnomics because it's crazy yeah. what they do with the cap. It's so science, it, dude. So he's already made a name for himself. So getting Deshaun would not potentially make or break because he's already made himself a household name in this league.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt about it. But again, you know, proven talent is going to beat draft capital because say say we don't get Deshaun Watson say, say you don't even sign Jameis Winston you're forced to draft somebody or trade for Jimmy Garoppolo what are you going to have to give up to get Jimmy Garoppolo draft capital either way you're either drafting somebody unproven or giving up draft capital I don't know let's go back to the phone line Joe joins the show what's going on Joe uh, yeah, um,
7: i uh, like to probably uh, sound like uh, two callers earlier. Uh, I agree when he it says uh, it's, it's too much to offer for Watson. Uh, I understand you're saying he's a 10-year possibility quarterback, uh, franchise-type quarterback, but the problem with it is that uh, the offense that the Saints run are not generated around a running quarterback, number one. Uh, number two... Uh, running quarterbacks have a tendency to be hurt. And uh, the, the severity of the injuries can range as to whether or not they come back or don't come back uh, can be a, a situation in itself. So uh, that, that's my thought process. Uh, again, you know, level we go from there, a draft choice, or I don't even like Jimmy Garoppolo to tell you the truth either. But, uh, you know, I actually like Winston and uh, Jameis, and also I uh, like having Case as a backup. So uh, I'll listen to what you have to say, and you have a nice day. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks
1: for the call, Joe. You know, Deshaun Watson, he's a mobile quarterback, but he's not a running quarterback. I mean, in 2020, Deshaun completed 70.2% of his passes for 4,800 yards, 33 touchdowns, only seven interceptions, and a QBR of 112.4. Again, a mobile quarterback but this guy's been in the league three and a half seasons because I don't know that I'll really count 26, 2017 because he only threw for 1,700 yards and he already has 14,500 yards 100 touchdowns and a career passer rating of 104.5 let's go back to the phone lines David joins the show what's going on David
7: hey uh I just wanted to say uh teams just don't go from a franchise quarterback to a franchise quarterback that often. You know that only happened with uh, uh, uh Manning to Andrew Luck and uh, Favre to Rogers, right? So, <laughs> I think if you have the opportunity, you have to take it. And we can't forget, um, supposedly Sean Payton's wanting to get back into coaching, right? We can also receive draft capital from him. Thank you. From the team that signs them. so I, I mean, that. like I said that the other you day, you don't just you don't just get like you know crummy draft picks from a, a head coach of that caliber. You know, it, it it'll be like almost like a John Gruden kind of deal when uh, uh Tampa Bay him. Uh, Anyways, so uh, you have to like if you if you have the ability and the option, you have to take this. We could be set. Like, this doesn't happen, you know. We could be set for quarterback. It could be, like, 25 years in a row of having, like, you know, above average superior quarterback play, you know. I'm for them doing it. I don't want them to give up, like, as many people. You know, draft capital is fine because I think they're going to recruit some of that with Sean Payton if Sean Payton never goes to another team. um, But, like, I don't want to give up, like, a lot of our high-profile players. I don't even want to give up Austin to Debo.
1: Well, you know, A- Andrew Juge said in in, the la- in our interview that the offer that has been sent is three firsts, two seconds, and Cesar Ruiz.
7: Which I mean, like the whole Saints Twitter or Saints Nation wouldn't mind been rid of him. You know? Not at all. <laughs> That dude looks like a revolving door. Uh, he but is.
1: He has hopefully underperformed.
7: Yeah, uh, it's it's bad. I think like, I think for one he's out of position, and like, I, I don't know. He got he, we drafted him during like COVID, right? Yeah, that was. So he the couldn't 2020 really go through like the process of that would normally happen in like evaluating talent, and whatnot. Anyways, that's all I got. Thank you. Appreciate the call, man.
1: So yeah. If you have the opportunity, I'll I'll close the segment with this. If you have the opportunity to draft a player of Deshaun Watson's caliber, you absolutely 100% have to. This is a once and a generation opportunity for the New Orleans Saints. We haven't had this opportunity since 2006. And we went out on a limb to do that. You don't even have to go out on a limb here. You just have to give up some draft capital. Now, like like the last caller said, you can replace by trading Sean Payton's rights next year, which you probably will anyway. We'll take a time out here on Crunch Time. When we come back, we'll take some more of your phone calls, and James and I will get to our NCAA tournament bracket. Don't go anywhere. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. March 16, 1985. Two-time Cy Young award winner and former Detroit Tigers star Denny McClain is convicted of embezzlement and drug trafficking. McClain is sentenced to 25 years, but the conviction is later reversed. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
2: The Game Club, at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com, can help you with your day night blues. That's because once you become a member of our Wars club, you will have the opportunity to win some excellent prizes, like a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. We want to help you take your lady out to some delicious seafood. But you can only win that $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House by joining the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com.
1: Delicious seafood for you and your lady from Half Shell Oyster House. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and like one Lake Charles. We have a caller on the game hotline, but before we take that call really quickly, top of the fourth from Lampson Park, it is one-to-one between the Longhorns and the Cajuns. Kendra Lamb just surrendering her first hit of the afternoon. Both teams have left three runners on base so far. Uh, top of the fourth, two two-nothing count, zero outs, and a runner on first for the Longhorns. Let's go to the game hotline. Thomas joins the show. Thomas, thanks for calling in. How are you, bud? Oh, pretty good. How about you? Uh, living the dream out here at La Triumph. Oh, yeah. I love it. What you got?
5: So yeah, uh, yeah. I just wanted to ask you about just. I just wanted some insight about um, what you thought about the goat, Tom
8: Brady, coming back to the green pasture of what you call football.
1: Well, well, the first problem is that you called him the goat. But I mean, as a Saints fan, I'm not huge on it because. We have to play him twice, but as a general football
8: fan, it's good for football. And anytime I see, you can I agree with the whole like general thing, but I mean, obviously for a Saints fan, I mean that's like kind of just strikes
5: fear into a Saints fans' hearts.
1: Yeah, it's it's brutal. It's brutal. But uh, yeah, I mean, again, from a, from a football perspective, it's uh, it it's good for the game if you have a guy like that still willing to line up on Sundays. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, what the Saints – Saints have been able to have his number over the last couple of years other than that one playoff game. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Appreciate you calling in, man.
8: Yep, no problem.
1: Let's go to our NCAA tournament bracket. Let's go ahead and finish it up. Right off the top, big win last night for Texas Southern over Texas A&M Corpus Christi. James, Jayhawks and Tigers, who you got?
2: Uh, I'm just going to have to go pretty easy on this one. I'm just going to go Kansas. I, I usually like yeah. those Jayhawks. One one sixteen has only
1: won – the 16 has only won one time in history. So, yeah, odds not with Johnny Jones and the Texas Southern Tigers. 8-9 matchup in the Midwest, San Diego State and Creighton.
7: Hmm.
2: I'll go <laughs> – I'll go San Diego State on this one.
1: Okay, I'm gonna take the Blue Jays. I, th- I think they're on a run right now, so uh, I'm, I'm gonna go with Creighton. Five twelve, Iowa Richmond. Iowa has an eighty-six percent chance of victory.
2: I'm feeling S- some's calling me about Richmond. I want to pick Iowa, but you want, I'm do you gonna want go. The spiders. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Richmond on this one.
1: Ooh, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Iowa, but I I like the I like the determination. Four thirteen, Providence and South Dakota State, the matchup of mascots, the Friars and the Jackrabbits. <laughs> Providence with a sixty-one percent chance of victory.
2: Uh, even though South Dakota has a really nice record, I am going to take Providence in this one.
1: Yeah, same. Here is a matchup we're worried about: six eleven, LSU, Iowa State. LSU currently, even after Will Wade getting fired, a seventy-eight percent chance of victory.
2: Yeah, like I said in my Fanduel read, I uh, I believe they'll win this matchup, but whoever they play between Wisconsin and Colgate, uh, I think they I think their tournament might end right there. So I'll take yeah. it. I'll take the Tigers. I'll
1: take the Tigers as well. Three fourteen, Wisconsin and Colgate. Wisconsin has a seventy one percent
2: chance of victory. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Wisconsin. I'm, I'm gonna take those Badgers. Let's go with them. Even though Colgate, I believe I've I've seen some nice wins by them. By their basketball yeah. team, yeah they've they've had a they've had a pretty good year. USC Miami
1: the seven ten matchup. USC sixty eight percent chance.
2: I'm gonna go on a little bit of a limb and I'm gonna Miami? take Miami. I'm gonna take Miami. I'll do it with you.
1: I'll, I'll I'll take that as well. And lastly, the two seed and the fifteen seed Auburn and Jacksonville State Auburn ninety one percent chance.
2: Yeah, I feel like they're more of a ninety nine percent chance. Yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna have to, have to definitely have That's- to take those Tigers.
1: That's definitely an, an Auburn victory there. Go to the round of 32: Gonzaga, Boise State, 85% chance in favor of the Bulldogs.
2: I'm gonna take Zaga over this on, in this one. Yep,
1: same. UConn, Arkansas, UConn with a 57% chance. I'm taking Eric Musselman in Arkansas.
2: I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that as well. I I thought about it for a second, but I was like, you know what? Those Razorbacks have been looking pretty good thus far. I'm a I'm definitely leaning towards SEC.
1: The 3-6 in that division, Texas State, Alabama. Texas State, 76% chance of victory. Texas Tech, I'm sorry.
2: Even though they could just absolutely wet the bed, I think Alabama can keep themselves alive. I think it'll be pretty close, but I'll I'll take the tight in this one.
1: I'm taking the Red Raiders. two ten, Duke Davidson, 72% chance in favor of the Blue Devils.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely feeling Blue Devils in this one. I'm going to take Duke.
1: 1-8 again. Baylor, North Carolina. Baylor again, the defending national champion. 67% chance over the Tar Heels.
2: For me, it's Marquette in Baylor, but I'm going to stick with Baylor in this one. St. Mary's, UCLA.
1: 60% chance in favor of the Bruins.
2: For me, it's Indiana because I went out on a limb with that one against UCLA, but I'm going to take UCLA.
1: Virginia Tech and Purdue. Purdue with a 65% chance of winning.
2: I think I, I'm going to take Virginia Tech in this one. I think they'll, Virginia they'll, Tech, they'll, they'll pull right. out a stunner.
1: I like it. I like it. The 2-7 Murray State, 30-2 and on the year. Against Kentucky, Kentucky with a 61% chance of victory.
2: I'm going to take Kentucky. I'm going to take those Jayhawks.
1: See, I'm taking Murray I'm I'm, State. I'm taking the Wildcats. I mean. I'm taking Murray State.
2: Arizona, Seton Hall.
1: Arizona with an 82% chance of victory as the one seed.
2: I'm going to take Arizona over TCU in this one. Houston
1: and Chattanooga, the mocks. Houston, 93% chance of victory
2: in that one. I definitely like those Cougars. They made a huge run last year and I, I don't know why I can I don't know how Chattanooga's being able to keep up with them.
1: Yeah, I don't I'm I'm gonna take the Cougars there as well. Colorado State and Tennessee. Tennessee the SEC champ, fifty seven percent chance of victory.
2: For me, I got Michigan and Tennessee, and I'm gonna stick with Michigan in this one. I'm gonna take those Wolverines. I've got the Vols,
1: Loyola Chicago, Villanova, the two ten.
2: I had a I had a big shocker yesterday with Delaware taking down Villanova. But I'm going to I'm going to stick with Loyola Chicago. I got to stick with Sister Jean.
1: The the Ramblers Sister Jean. Kansas and Creighton, Kansas has a 68% chance of victory.
2: Give me Kansas over San Diego State in my bracket.
1: Iowa and Providence, 65% chance in favor of the Hawkeyes.
2: I got Richmond and Providence and I'm going to say I'm going to go Providence.
1: I'm going Providence as well. Wisconsin, LSU, 52% for the
2: Badgers. I'm going to have to go with Badgers. I think this is where the interim head coach and those Tigers are done for the season.
1: Yeah, I agree. Last one before we go to the Sweet 16, Auburn and Miami, 68% for the Tigers.
2: I'm going to have to definitely take Auburn. This one feels feels like this is a good matchup for them. and I, I, I think this will... They'll win by maybe about 10, I would say.
1: Let's go to the Sweet 16 now. Gonzaga, Arkansas, 84% for Zags.
2: I'm going to have to go with Gonzaga as well on this one.
1: Texas Tech and Duke, 53% for Duke.
2: I got Duke and Alabama, and I'm going to take Duke.
1: Yeah. Baylor, UCLA, this will be a good game. 62% for the Bears.
2: This definitely would be a good game. I I like this matchup. Uh, I'll definitely have to go with Baylor with this one, though. I definitely think the number ones are pretty strong this year.
1: The Hokies and Murray State, 58% in favor of the Racers.
2: I got Tech and I got Kentucky. I'm going to go Kentucky in this one.
1: Arizona and Houston, 57% for the Wildcats.
2: I'm actually going to take Houston in this one. Mm. Uh, I'm
1: gonna go. With, I'm gonna go Zona, but I, I like the confidence. Houston. Houston's got a good squad with Kelvin Sampson. Tennessee, Loyola, Chicago.
2: I got the Sister Jean's luck run out here. For me, it's Michigan and Loyola, Chicago, and I'm still sticking with Sister oh. Jean.
1: Oh man, Kansas and Providence.
2: Kansas and Providence. For me, it's it's gotta be it's gotta be Kansas. It's got to be Kansas yeah. in this one. I can't, I can't have two number ones going down in the same round. That'd Wisconsin be... and Auburn. I'm going to take Auburn in this one. I don't. I don't think Wisconsin's good enough of a team to take down Auburn.
1: To the Elite Eight, we have seven more games to pick. Gonzaga
2: and Duke. Give me, give me Duke in this one. Ooh. I don't. I don't I'm... think Coach K will go down without a fight, and I think he's going to go out swinging before he gets taken out.
1: Baylor and Murray State.
2: I'm going to have to take, for me, it's between Kentucky and Baylor. I'm going to say Baylor. Baylor, that's fair. Arizona,
1: Tennessee. I know you don't have Tennessee, but.
2: I got, I got, yeah, because I got Houston and Loyola, Chicago. I'm going to go Houston for this one. I okay. think, I, I think the, the run for Chicago and Sister Jean is over.
1: I'm going to take Arizona and then in a hell of a matchup, Kansas and Auburn.
2: Kansas and Auburn. Give. Oh, man, that is really tough. Give me. Give me Auburn. I got to keep at least one SEC team in
1: here. I'm going to go with the Rock Chalk, the Jayhawks. Final four Duke and Baylor. Give
2: me. Duke. Give me Duke in this one.
1: Arizona, Kansas.
2: Give me. Give me Auburn. Oh, because I cause yeah. I have cause have, I have Auburn have, and Houston. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me give me okay. Auburn. So I got Auburn versus Duke.
1: And I'm gonna take Kansas, and as you hit the out music,
2: Duke and Kansas, who's cutting down the net? I'm going Duke. Coach K goes out. Coach in K style. rides
1: out into the sunset. I love it. I love it. James, you're you're finally done. Our our March Madness bracket is complete. You can you can breathe a sigh of relief. We're going to take a timeout here on Crunch Time, and when we come back, Apollo Dez, a Houston media personality, will join us. We'll get his take on the happenings with the Astros, and could Carlos Correa be back in the juice box? This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 104 One Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: They could debate who should win the MVP, but... They'd rather argue who has the best hair in sports talk radio.
8: We just washed the hair. You know, I work on my hair a long time, and you,
3: and you hit it. It hits my hair.
0: Now back to more of the stylish crunch time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
2: The Hangout Music Festival is returning this summer to Gulf Shores and the Game 1037 Lafayette. And 1041 Lake Charles has your tickets to this epic weekend of music. You can score VIP passes by becoming a member of the Game Rewards Club at 103.7thegame.com and 1041 thegamecom Don't miss the return of Hangout Music Fest featuring Post Malone, Halsey, and Megan Thee Stallion, just to name a few. That's the Hangout Music Fest May 20th to 22nd in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Win VIP passes from the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
1: Welcome back to the stylish crunch time with me, Gaz and Mesh, right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. It is now time. We haven't done this a whole lot so far in this new show. It's time to talk some Houston Astros. Uh, The season is about three weeks away. Free agency opened this week. Apollo Dez, one of the many Houston Astros insiders that that we know and trust, joins us. Apollo, good afternoon, my man. Thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm good, brother. How are you? Ah, I'm living the dream, man. So, question number one for you, and it's the question on the minds of a lot of Astros fans. Yesterday, you saw on social media that the Astros were planning on offering Carlos Correa a new deal. But then everything went silent after that. What what can you tell us? Where's the situation with Carlos Correa?
8: Yeah, I think, um, like everyone else, I'm curious on what on what's going on. I think both sides have played it really close to their chest. Um, I, I kind of heard a, a little buzz that the Astros and, and, the, and the Crane side were going to offer something that was going to be um, better in the wheelhouse for the Carlos Correa camp, and I guess that's what was coming out yesterday. I think silence is good. I, I know we got a few tweets out today saying both sides are still talking. Um, if it was a bad offer, then you probably would have seen tweets saying, you know, Carlos Correa is moving on. So I think there's a good conversation going on between the two parties. Um, but also I think the market's kind of collapsed on itself a, a bit. So it's an interesting um, juggle of chairs right now uh, on both sides.
1: You know, there's obviously been conversation that if, if Carlos Correa doesn't return you know, where do the Astros go at, at, at shortstop? Do they move Bregman over and throw somebody else at third base? But, you know, the number one prospect right now, according to you guys, is Jeremy Pena, uh, the, the AAA shortstop, 24 years of age. Talk to me about Pena. What does he do well? Is, is he comparable to Carlos Correa? What's his game like?
8: Yeah, I think Jeremy Pena is Jeremy Pena in the sense of that um, he knows he knows the shoes he has to fill. And, and he said today, just uh, just in the locker room, that he's not there to be Carlos Correa. He's there to be Jeremy Pena. And that's a lot of confidence from a young guy um, to know that and to read the situation in the room. He's a guy that has shown flashes of, of five-tool-type uh, skills. Um, but the fan base has to, has to do this for a young guy. You cannot compare – um, the revisionist history of Carlos Correa and Jeremy Payne. If it does go that way, if, if Jeremy Payne has an 0 for three night in the show, uh, fans are going to be, oh, Carlos Correa would have went three for three with three home runs, and that's not fair for the kid. Um, I also think it's a it's a great team to be a part of, and I think we saw it with Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker obviously was the guy Jeff Luna would never, you know, um, trade or, or all these things during the Luna uh, administration, and so we saw Kyle Tucker grow in front of our eyes into one of the top talent and I think a future MVP, and he got to do that in a lineup where he didn't have to be the guy, and you see it across the league, there's there's these prospects that come up and they have to be the guy, there's a lot of pressure on them, and I, and the good thing about the Astros, you look up and down my lineup, there's all-stars, there's MVPs, rookie of the years, you don't have to be that guy, you, the lineups are already that that guy, essentially, so Penny just has to play his game, step in, and, and learn how to be a pro, and I, I think it's the perfect spot to, to be with Houston Astros, if, if he is the guy, and they don't go Carlos Curry's way, um, because I I think he can develop to be a dude.
1: Apollo Des joins us on the game hotline. Apollo, talking about pitchers, um, it was discovered recently that Lance McCullers will not be ready for opening day. And Justin Verlander is down in Florida throwing some simulated innings. What can you tell us about Verlander's recovery? Will he be ready for opening day?
8: Yeah, I think so. Um, in the sense that the, his first, his first bullpen back, right, was he was sitting 95, 96, which is great to see. He said he was off by one start, uh, essentially with the spring training being off late. So I think he'll make up for that. Um, I don't expect him to go eight, nine innings opening day. I think a solid five or six, everyone should be ecstatic about. Um, and, and kind of monitor him and, and bring him on slowly. He's Justin Verlander. We need him in October. We don't need him in April. And um, and he's a horse. At the end of the day, he's a Hall of Famer. He's won all these awards. But he's he's been missing out on those World Series wins, and I think this is the year he finally gets that.
1: You know, one, one, one thing that, that I love about the Astros is the way that they're able to develop the farm system. Who are some guys, both in a bullpen a, from a pitching standpoint or from an offensive standpoint, who are some guys currently in the minors that fans need to keep an eye on for maybe making an appearance this season?
8: Yeah, I think um, one of the first ones is Corey Lee, right? Corey's, Corey's the, the the catcher in waiting. Uh, he gets to learn from Castro and, and Maldi, and he's going to be the guy and he's going to be the guy for a long time for the Astros. Um, I think he's just, he has it. Uh, we've been able to spend time with him this offseason. He carries himself well. He carries himself like a constant pro. He, he has the arm behind the play. He knows how to Command, uh, a staff, and the hitting's come along. The power has shown itself. So he's one of the guys. Um, I know a lot of people are, are you know, they know that Jeremy Ping is a Pedro Leone. I think he still needs a few, uh, a year or two, um, and more minor league at bats before we start bringing him up. But some arms, I think I think it's the Forrest Whitley year. I, I know everyone's probably kicking, kicking themselves, and like we've been hearing that forever and forever. But Forrest Whitley's only 24. Um, yes, he was a Herald prospect, one that we couldn't trade in the Lunau administration. and We probably would have got something decent in return, but um, he's 24. This is his chance to step up, especially with Lance probably being down for a good bit and Verlander coming along with innings and, and all that. I think him and Hunter Brown are going to be guys that are going to be eating innings on, in the actual rotation, or at least in maybe those high-leverage spots come uh, come the dog days of summer.
1: In your opinion, you know free agency's you know getting really hot right now. The Braves just re-signed Eddie Rosario today. Who is on the market for the Astros? Like, who are players that played with the Astros last year that are currently on the open market? And who are some new names that the Astros are, are potentially going after?
8: Yeah, I think on the on the names part, we saw Greinke get um, go back on. To the Royals today, and probably in his career there. Obviously, the Correa, the Correa sweepstakes is still you know going about. But um, I think we probably need another corner outfielder. Uh, there's there's guys out there. Solaire was uh, linked to the Astros. Maybe Castellanos or Conforto. A, a bat that allows maybe Tucker to move to center field if they decide to go that route um, instead of doing a platoon with with Chaz and Siri. Um, That's going to be something to see if we move. Also, Trevor Story's name is still out there. Yes, Carlos Correa is is the the guy we want, but if you miss on him and he decides to go somewhere else, is is that a name the Astros move on? Because we've seen the the market kind of dictate. Chris Bryant, just as we were waiting on hold, you know, just went to the Rockies of all places. Um, And I think it was like seven, eight years for 180. That's a different market than what we probably saw pre lockout. And we saw it with the Olsen extension with the Braves after that trade. So, could you get a story for 120? And if that's your guy after after Carlos leaves, um, that wouldn't be a bad runner up place, especially for a little stopgap.
1: Yeah, you know, you, you brought up the lockout. The lockout lasted 99 days. That definitely changed some of the, the free agent market. But Talking about rule changes, you know, universal DH. you are talking about banning the shift. You know, where where do you stand on that? Does that? How does that affect the game of baseball?
8: Yeah, I was I was obviously pro shift because the Astros were one of the first ones to do it, and that's when they ever had a hundred losses, so it, it was cool. Um, and we saw it in the game. I think it was just part of it, and going back is, is part of it as well. I think it helps the Astros. I think Kyle Tucker and Jordan Alvarez they probably get another fifteen twenty points to their batting average. Just because it's not going to be heavy shifted anymore, and now um, with the Astros kind of leading that edge over the last decade, I, I don't think it's going to be any different uh, of them going back to regular positions. Um, I think pitcher wise, they'll have to they'll probably enjoy it because we see it all the time on, on Sports Illustrated or Sports, Sports Center or uh, MLB Network that uh, a pitcher will turn around and be upset with himself when you know he thinks his shortstop that shortstop and he's actually in center field. So um, I'm excited to see the changes in that. I'm not a purist in e- either way, but um, I think it will be a nice little wrinkle for this year. teams going back to adjust.
1: Apollo Dez has been our guest. Apollo, man, before you run, tell everybody where they can find your work.
8: Yeah, you can follow us at Apollo H O U on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, we're always out there doing content. Uh, obviously, all our socials are on there for, for Twitch and, and YouTube as well. So give us a follow there, and we'll be able to bring you guys any information you guys want.
1: One more thing. I was looking at you guys' shop on, on the website. The H Town versus everyone shirt.
8: Yes, yes.
1: Very, very solid. Very Thank solid. Thank you.
8: That was uh right when the scandal broke. We, we we leaned into it the other way. Um and you know, H Town versus everyone. I got the guys that wear it in the locker room from Carlos to Lance to brags all of them. Um it's really cool to see them embrace um, one uh, our one of our ideas and two just the, the city itself and the fans of then, the Houston Astros.
1: And then the shirt with the trash can that says "Swanging and Banging."
8: Yeah, yeah, that's a. It's a more uh, slow pitch softball type look and feel, but it, it's still uh, a, a good, a good uh, seller for us.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Apollo, appreciate the time, man, and uh, we'll talk down the line once the season gets rolling.
8: Absolutely, thanks, brother.
1: There goes, Apollo Dez of Apollo Hou. We're gonna take one last timeout here on crunch time and when we come back we're going to thank some more sponsors and get you set up for tomorrow's show this is the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station
0: we love talking about sports yeah you love listening to sports yeah sounds like we were meant to be together or at least friends with benefits aren't you glad you found us Back to more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
2: Make sure to tune in all week as RP3 and company footnotes in our new show crunch time with Miguez and mesh. We'll be broadcasting live from Le Triomphe golf and country club for the Chittimacha Louisiana open. Our live and local coverage is presented by tips, trailers, ropes, open dope cigar merchant and the golf connection USA. And it can be heard on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
1: Welcome back to Crunch Time. Here on the game, live from La Triomphe. Before we run, got to thank our sponsors one last time, Tibbs Trailers. If you're thinking trailers, think Tibbs Trailers. Whether you tug it, tow it, or transport it, Tibbs Trailer is your headquarters for enclosed, flatbed, or hydraulic trailers. And you won't find a better selection than Tibbs Trailers between Scott and Dusan. Ropes Open Dope is Acadiana's workplace authority for over 20 years, industrial safety and janitorial needs. Online at ropesopendope.com or visit their showroom on Highway 90 to find out how they can help your business. Golf Connection, Louisiana, Golf Connection USA, you can find them at golfconnectionlouisiana.com. The tailor made stealth driver is here. You have a large variety of golf bags and shoes located at 2009 West Pinhook Road here in Lafayette, and the cigar merchant in the oil center. They are Acadiana's premier cigar and pipe tobacco shop, and you are always welcome to light up at the Cigar Merchant. Final poll results. Where will Deshaun Watson land? 50.8% of you say the Saints, 10.5% say the Browns, 14.9% say the Panthers, and 23.8% say other. We got a new comment in from Doug Abair: No to Watson. Too expensive, and the Saints have other positions to fill. I disagree wholeheartedly. They do have other positions to fill. I will agree with that. But, again, we said it multiple times already. If you have the opportunity to get this guy, you have to.
2: You have to. Not to mention quarterback is the most important position on the field.
1: Thing to note, the Saints' Super Bowl odds have changed in the last like 20 minutes. So they might know something we don't. Big thanks to Andrew Juge of the Saints Happy Hour podcast as well as Apollo Dez for taking the time to join us. Thank you for the callers. Thank you for the people participating in our poll question. Tomorrow we'll bring you a recap of UL softball and UL baseball. UL softball tied at 2 in the – going to the bottom of the 5th with Texas in Game 1. We'll keep an eye on that one for you. We'll have the recap tomorrow as well as UL baseball against McNeese. That's going to do it for Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Be safe, be well, hug your mom and them. We'll talk to y'all tomorrow.